Well, good morning, everyone. It is lovely to see you this beautiful Monday morning. And thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions, the Redeeming Life Fellowship. And I'm Dan, I'm a teaching pastor here, and I'm just excited that we have this time together to read the Bible, learn, and grow as the people of God together. And today we're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 66, where the main focus of what we're going to be looking at here, as hard as it may be for us, is, uh, is to focus on the death of Jesus, and followed by his burial, and then the guards who are stationed to protect the tomb, protect people from trying to, to go in or steal the body, grave robbers, etc., etc. But, uh, but focusing on a passage like this, it's all about the death of Jesus, it may feel a little bit odd that we're here looking at this passage on a day like Valentine's Day, where what we're celebrating is love and friendship and uh, relationships and intimacy with loved ones. Uh, that that we have that on a day that we're supposed to be celebrating love, that the focus of our passage is going to be on death, and we don't typically, in our minds, associate the two. Where, where there's love, there's life, and where there's life, uh, there really can't be death. Uh, and that the, the two really just don't mesh very well together. And what I find so fascinating about that is that one of the most prolific writers or contributors to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, would beg to differ. He definitely thinks otherwise. As a matter of fact, not only does he not think that love and death do not go together, but that we can understand what love is or the measure of the purest and most powerful love that your heart craves and my heart craves and that we desperately need is demonstrated in, in what it is that we're about to read. So let's actually springboard out of Matthew into the book of Romans, and then we'll jump in Romans back to Matthew. So let's look at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. And it says this. It says, You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while we were still unlovable, when we were still enemies of God, Christ still died for us. So that in Christ, in his death, in the surrendering of his life, is a demonstration of, of God's love for us. So for everything that the cross means, for everything that the death of Jesus means, in Paul's mind, the one thing that you cannot miss is that if Jesus is doing what it is that we see him doing by giving his life, by being crucified and dying in this way, in the sacrificial manner for the sins of the world, as as a as a ransom for 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 sinners, that the thing that he cannot miss is that this demonstrates 
the, the profound, scandalous, unmatched love of a, of a living God. And so what we're going to try doing as we jump back into Matthew is to catch at least one feature uh, where what we see happening here is, is a window into, into the seeing the love of God in demonstrating in, way, in the way Matthew shows us what it is that the death of Jesus accomplished. So, let's jump back to Matthew chapter 27 and beginning in verse 45. And it says this, From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. It's another word or way uh, of, of saying that, that, that he actually just died, gave up his spirit. Or by verse 50, Jesus is dead. But then, verse 51, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. Now, does it seem a little bit unusual that in this moment, when you're watching Jesus and he's crying out to, 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 to God, he's asking God, my God, why have you forsaken me? People think they don't know what it is that he's saying. They think that he's calling out Elijah. They're wondering, oh, is Elijah going to come and save him? Where this has just become just a, a spectacle of theological inquiry and curiosity and suspense. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then Jesus dies. And suddenly the, the, the camera, as it were, shifts from Golgotha and watching Jesus um, expire that is, give out his last, uh, last breath and he dies. And the, the scene suddenly shifts from there to the temple. Uh, and with, without any forewarning. Where, where, where in Matthew's mind that what happens at Jesus dying on the cross bears an effect on something that has happened in the temple. And where, what's happening in the temple, the temple is where people are supposed to be having or exercising fellowship with the living God. And the significance about the curtain, the curtain that most likely that Matthew was referring to is the separation between what you would call the holy place where the priests are ministering before God and functioning as intermediaries, the representatives of of, of sinful people before a holy God. And then there's this, this curtain that separates the holy place that is from the most holy place, where there's the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, where, where 
it is said and is understood where the presence of God actually dwells. And that the only condition where people, where, where, where there would be only one time where you could ever enter into the Holy of Holies is on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, where the, the, the priest would, the high priest would uh, bring in the sacrifice of, of a lamb and sprinkle it on to the, the, the Ark of the Covenant as signifying atonement for uh, the sins of the people so that there could be this restored fellowship with the living God, where if there's no sacrifice, there's no atonement, and if there's no atonement, there is no fellowship with a living God. And, uh, and the situation is hopeless, but there is hope where there is a sufficient sacrifice that, that mediates between God and man in this way. And so if the t- this curtain is torn in two, that's like a way of saying that this barrier that once separated a living God from a sinful people has finally actually been restored. That whatever it is that Jesus has accomplished through his death by giving his life makes fellowship with a living God possible. Which, let's pause and just make sure that we're all on the same page here. That Jesus, he did not die to give us miracles. He did not die just to give us uh, greater and higher morals. He did not die merely for any of those things, even though that that is so. But he, the reason why it is that he died is so that we could actually have, like that, that fellowship with the living God could actually be a reality, that we wouldn't have alienation, uh, estrangement, separation, living in hostility with, with, with God. That by virtue of this, this temple being torn in two, the work of God is being accomplished by bringing about reconciliation and relationship between us and God. And that, in Paul's mind, is, 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 is a demonstration of a love that is unlike any other and a love that you and I so desperately need. Because it's through Christ that a living relationship with a real God is more than just a nice idea. But it's a real thing that, that God desires for you and for me to be abiding in fellowship with the living God. And apart from Christ, it can't happen. It will never happen. That apart from Christ... There's only separation from God. And separation from God, humans separated from their creator, only means death. Uh, but by uh, fellowship with God, there is indeed life and indeed hope for eternal life. And so it's pretty clear that, uh, that we can see what it is that Paul sees that... that that if Jesus' death accomplishes this, if this is what it is that, he, that his death accomplishes, that, um, that the love of God is the most real thing and the most important thing that any of us could have ever known and seen because this is what God does 
uh, as a demonstration of his own love for us. Like just for a moment, and then we'll close, uh, to reflect on, on why this is so, why a message like this is so important on a day like Valentine's Day. It's because on Valentine's Day, I'm reminded about the importance of relationships. Because relationships and intimacy with people is so important because they have a way that the, the me, there's a measure of intimacy that the more intimate that you are with somebody, the more there is capacity for your life to take the shape and the form of the person of whom you're, you're, you become intimate with. Uh, this is true in that as friendships grow, that you become your, the, 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 that your life, your personality, uh, sort of takes on the form of a new life or a new characteristic that's that's reflects the nature of this intimate relationship that you have. This is the case that I have with my wife Julie, or indeed with uh, my best friend Jesse Eisenhower. That that eventually my life takes on the influence and indeed new life from that's that's reflective that grows out of an intimate relationship with 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 Jesse or with Julie or with any of uh, the the friendships that we're building and growing here at uh, redeeming life and if if my identity as a person takes on a new life and new characteristics and a new substance based upon my intimate relationships with people how much more is my life going to take on a new life new characteristics um, uh, uh, new dynamics based upon the measure of my intimate relationship with the living God. That new life is possible because a relationship with the living God is made possible. And it's made possible through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. So on, on a day like Valentine's Day where I'm, I'm thinking about the, the value that's in life-giving relationships. Uh, the people who have invested into my life and brought about fruitful, good things uh, that have made me a better man, uh, that have, uh, that, that even while, despite um, my own foibles, my own sins, my own failures and mistakes, that their love was consistent and saw me through and that I'm a new man because of the love that was shown me in the living relationships I've had with, with people around me. Uh, how much more is my life going to change uh, because of what Jesus has done and the living relationship with God that is made possible through what it is that he's done, that I can become a new man. Uh, that's the power of a life-changing love that's in Jesus Christ that Paul shows and that we can see here in Matthew. So I hope that that, that that love and that living relationship is the most important thing to you this Valentine's Day. So thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to sit down and enjoy uh, some daily devotions. If you haven't, do subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get daily notifications and follow along with us. And I hope to actually see you again soon uh, as we're uh, continuing to, to study and learn God's word so that we not just uh, merely learn about God, but that we learn to follow Jesus in word and in deed in everything that we do. So God bless you. Take care. And I look forward to seeing you next time.